You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. What's going on, everybody? It's a new year, and so part of the new year is I'm trying to, you know, get this this new me going-ish. If you've been following me on Instagram, you'll know that I I went a little crazy and I decided to go blonde. It's it's very blonde at the moment, but I'm in the process of making it a little more white and silver, and that's kind of the look I'm going for. But, you know, I was reading this book. It's called The Clarity Cleanse, and as I was cleansing everything, I was like, I just need to cleanse my hair and get rid of all the color and start over fresh. So I'm in the process of of purging all the black and blonde and and I will soon be very platinum. <laughs> um, and then I'm gonna ha- I was just talking to Mike earlier and saying that I'm going to need to get some glasses so I can really rock that like w- uh, wise old owl look. So that's what I'm going for. I'm really excited because last summer I was at the In Goop Health Summit and they opened up the summit with this awesome doctor who just brought, he he was so charismatic and he brought this energy that really set the tone for the event. And so when he, I found out he was coming out with a book, I was so excited. Um, I ordered it, I pre-ordered it and then I got it a few weeks ago and I've been reading it ever since and I'm so excited because he's here in studio with me today. He's the founder of Beehive of Healing, an integrative health center based in Los Angeles. He's a highly respected physician and researcher in the fields of integrative medicine. And he's also the founder of the Love Button Global Movement. He's a contributor for Goop. And he's the author of the new book, The Clarity Cleanse, 12 Steps to Finding Renewed Energy, Spiritual Fulfillment, and Emotional Healing. Please welcome Dr. Habib Sadahi. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Zach, for that um, introduction. And I love the new look. <laughs> Thank you. You can see the contrast. You can see the photo behind me. So you can see I, it's a very it's a very new look. I'm getting used to it still. Sometimes I still like catch my reflection. I'm like, oh, I did that. Wow. It takes a lot of courage. You know, human beings, um, we get so um, comfortable and we box ourselves in, you know. Yeah, you know, I've wanted to do it for two years, and I've always been so afraid for so many different reasons, and I'm always like, no, I don't want to. I don't know how the maintenance is going to be. I'm afraid it's going to ruin my hair. I'm afraid it's not going to look good. And as I was reading the book, like you talk about that, you know, the guilt and the fear and all these, all this self-doubt that we have, um, and then I was just kind of like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do it, Mm. and I just decided to jump all in and... You know, and maybe everybody doesn't like it. Maybe some people don't think it looks good to me, but I'm I'm rocking it and I'm appreciating it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it really to to allow yourself what I refer to in the book as giving yourself the dignity of your own process. Yes, it's um, there's a great book came out in 1966 that it's it's called Social Contract, and it talked about how uh, birds they you know they fly in a flock. And if one bird tries to do something differently and, mm-hmm. you know, and break that rhythm and movement and flow, they'll pick it to death, you know? Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have a tendency to mind shame ourselves yeah. and prevent ourselves from, you know, really accessing our own intuition and creativity. And that's really what that book is about more than anything else. And you've helped a lot of... A lot of very notable people kind of find their clarity. Um, Anne Hathaway, Demi Moore, most notably Gwyneth Paltrow. These are all uh, patients of yours, of people that you've really helped find find clarity. I love it. Um, so every guest that comes in here has to answer my icebreaker questions. So before we dive into the book, I'm going to throw five questions at you, and you have sure. to answer them to to humanize you for my listeners. <laughs> okay. Uh, first word is what's one. Uh, first question is what's one word your mom would use to describe you? 
um, uh, I guess the translation would be crippled. When I was young, I was, uh, yeah, I was burned. I was uh, burned. So the left side of my body is all scarred up. Oh, wow. And my left arm, um, I, I have a significant uh, scar. And my hand was really clogged up and, and keloided. So, um, you know, I, I think she meant well, but that was, that was <laughs> what she would refer to me as. Um, give me a fun fact. What's one thing about you people would not expect? Do you have a jade egg? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's I I um I love to hike and and rock climb and hang out with my kids and write poetry and and dance. I'm an amazing dancer. Most people it. don't expect that, but uh, <laughs> that's something that really just puts me on fire. I like that. Very versatile and active. Um, give me your drink of choice. Um, mojito. Ah, just a traditional with mint and um, easy on ice. And I did part of my training in uh, Florida, in um, Tampa Bay area. And somehow it just grew on me. And it's, <laughs> you it. know, yeah. Okay, last question. If you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be? <laughs> no, you're going to hate me. I, I We don't have television and we don't have radio. Oh, my gosh. And I had the privilege of I, I, the, the, one of the publicists mentioned something and there was an opportunity and I just had to ask who they were. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who they were. Oh, my gosh. So, I, I you know, you can reincarnate me. You, you pick. I don't, <laughs> I don't really know. I love it. Okay. We'll say, I think you have a very Courtney vibe. There we go. She's very granola and into integrative medicine. And I think she definitely she fits you. Okay. So let's get in. Uh, I, for, before we get into the book, I want to talk about your story because you open up the book with your story um, about how you were diagnosed with cancer and you went towards a more non-traditional route. Um, and now you, you are cancer free, correct? Right. Right. So, so talk me through what that was like when you first got that diagnosis and what motivated you to go in a different direction besides the traditional chemo and surgery. And sure. Yeah, so I was second year medical student and uh, on the background, Scott Hamilton nearly died. You know, he had, he had testicular cancer and it spread everywhere. Um, uh, same as Lance Armstrong. I mean, part of his brain was removed, part of his lungs were removed. So I got testicular cancer and the diagnosis that I was given was you have 30% chance of survival. And um, look, I didn't have a Dr. Sadegi back then. And mm -hmm. it, was, um, it was a struggle. But yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I can tell you what motivated me, but I can tell you that intuitively what was being offered, which was they wanted to you know, cut out my guts from my pubic bone all the way to my chest bone, it's a 16-hour surgery. And then I wouldn't have babies. I I would, you know, I, um, you know, I, then I had to do radiation. I had to do at least four cycles of chemotherapy. And it had all these side effects. It just, at the time, for me, it seemed excessive. Yeah. And, and I walked away from all that. And it really opened up the whole new realm of possibility. I started traveling. I ended up traveling. What made you walk away from it? It seemed excessive. Okay. It just, it really intuitively, you know, look, every human being, there's nothing special about me. You know, William, you had it. And it's, you know, it, there are times that you just have a hunch that, you know what, I'm not going to cross the street or I'm right. going to go this way or I'm not going to go on that date or I'm not going to take this. 
call. And it, you know, hindsight becomes twenty twenty, and you realize that, oh my God, how did I know? Right. You know, I, I couldn't get um, life insurance until last year, and I had to actually appeal the whole process because they kept saying, we can't believe you're alive. You cannot be alive. I'm, <laughs> oh I'm not gosh. being facetious. I yeah. really mean that. Oh my gosh. You need to understand, I actually published my own medical records in there. Four physicians had to go through every case. So before the publisher would publish all that. Right. And really the intent of the book, um, Zach, is not that they're um, as special. The right. intent of the book is we're all special. We right. all have an intuitive sense um, for us to listen to. Now, sometimes that intuition is, let me, let me you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go blonde. Mm -hmm. And that by itself could open up a whole new realm for you and character, personality, and openings that you might not even understand right now. Right. So for me, um, you know, my equivalent of going blonde was to say, look, this, just, this is crazy. Right. You know, there got to be another way. And I walked away and it really opened up a whole new realm. You know, I, I didn't know what a Cunandero was. I, I ended up backpacking to, through Mexico. You know, I ended up backpacking to Himachal Pradesh, the northern part of India. So was there a fear of making that decision or yeah. was there just like a this innate confidence that you had oh, and like no. this is the right decision? No, no. You need to understand. Um, I struggled all my life. I mean, I was in a burn unit for eight months. I mean, I have all my body is just filled with scar. I've really, you know, if... I appreciate the acknowledgement and the public endorsement that some people with notoriety and zone of influence have given the book. But I think when you, you know, when I really ask them and the reason that they come to perhaps seek my medical consultation or mentorship, it's just that, you know, I've been there. Right. You know, I, I'm, I'm coming from a place of being a seasoned veteran. I didn't read uh, what intuition feels like in a book. I didn't go to Agape on a weekend and then I, all of a sudden I, you know, I practice it. It's like I been through hell and back, you know. So when I speak, you know, it's it, it really sits on people's heart to listen to their own whisper of what is for them to give themselves the dignity of the process, which is why are you here? Right. You know, why are you here? You know, it, 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 that's really the deeper question. And that changed everything for me. Instead of thinking that I have cancer, it's over, you know, you might, you know, stick a fork in it, it's, I'm done. No, I said, well, wait a minute, what is this about? And it really took me deeper into years of being sexually abused and, um, you know, a lot of various different aspects that I needed to dig out. It took me on this archaeological um, journey of reflecting and weeping. And it's not easy. That book, it's not an easy book. You yeah, know? there's a lot of like deep reflection that you have to, you really have to look within yourself and, and find all the ugly that you don't want to deal with and, and start to sift through it. Um, it's definitely a challenging process. I've been going through, you know, and doing some of the emotional purging and, and you know, kind of dealing with my own baggage. Um, so is the plan that you worked out in the book, is that what you used following your, your cancer diagnosis? Exactly. That's okay. really the plan that saved my life. Okay. And the writing of the book was, um, 
um, the, my, I lost my brother July 1st, 2015. He was a physician. He was a renowned cardio, a cardiologist, interventional cardiologist in Chula Vista, California. Mm-hmm. And he was the medical director of um, Cath Lab, Catheterization Lab um, there. And um, look, it, part of it was to honor and dedicate this to, in his memory. And there are a lot of people, look, every human being that has sat across from me since you know my medical career started for me it's a superstar but there are people that they may not have access to me or i may not have the privilege of sharing those um, maybe wisdoms with them the intent of getting the book out was to share those practical ways that they could do as simple as a way of journaling or as simple as a specific way of walking mm-hmm. that shifts the the movement, the blood flow into which part of the brain, what part of the brain can you activate? Right. So I found it so interesting how, you know, a big point that you make in the book is how our emotional well-being really affects our physical well-being. And I think we often have this disconnect between our mind, our spirit, and our body. There are three different things, and we you know, try to treat them differently. If we have emotional trauma, we try to go mm-hmm. to therapy. If we, have, if we break our leg, then that's a different type. You know, we don't necessarily connect the three of them or see this as a whole, um, as a whole being. So explain how they all work together and how this treatment is so um, beneficial for the whole, your whole self. Exactly. Um, that's, a, that's a great way of contextualizing it and seeing it. When you look at it, every human being, you know, William is sitting here right now, he's doing what he's doing, but he's having thoughts just like you are, just like I am. Mm-hmm. These thoughts, it's different than thinking. These thoughts, a lot of them, they come in like you, you know, I, he, he, I might remind him of something and the whole thing comes in. And these thoughts, they activate different nerve cells inside the brain. And then those nerve cells, once they get activated, they produce chemicals called neurotransmitters. Mm. These are, you know, these are things such as serotonin, histamine, um, melatonin glutamine, glutamate, okay, epinephrine, norepinephrine. And they, what do they do? They create feelings. They create, you know, you feel high, you feel uh, happy, you feel down, you feel sad, you whatever. These feelings, then they modulate, they shift and change our hormones, testosterone, growth hormone, uh, you know, estrogen, mm-hmm. um, progesterone, pregnenolone. Well, these hormones then create longer lasting feelings that we call emotions. So they create our emotional set points. Human beings, every single day, every single second, this is what's happening. And these thoughts, some of it, it, we we keep regurgitating and they're from old patterns, family dramas and endogenous that we keep regurgitating. A lot of them, they come from outside. Mm-hmm. The songs we listen to, the movies we watch, the friends that we keep, the conversation you may have had with William. It influences the thoughts that could be occurring now. But most human beings, they're unaware of it. Now, what's unique about this book? See, there are a lot of people that they came before me, right? Mm-hmm. We all stand on top of giants. Deepak Chopra, Andrew Whale, Norman Shealy. What sets perhaps this book apart is now someone is actually saying, okay, you got all these emotions. What do you do about Mm -hmm. it? It gives people uh, how to create what I refer to in in the book as EMS or emotional management system Mm -hmm. that, look, 
Why don't you treat your emotions like breakfast? Mm -hmm. You know, you got your breakfast. Digest it. Digest it. You know, you open your mouth. Metabolism, right? There is something called metabolism or our emotions. No one has ever taught us that. No, I liked how in the book you actually broke down which emotions you feel in different parts of Bingo. your body. And you can see, and then you think about it and you're like, yeah, when I am angry, I do feel it in my head and I, my fists do clench. And, yeah. you know, you do feel um, anxiety in, in your stomach. And, you know, it's it's funny how when you actually think about it, you realize like there is a very physical sensation that you have when you're, you're experiencing certain emotions. Absolutely. See, and that's scientific. So by looking at thermography, we, we look at that and that can be measured. Look, there are people that they're sitting and they're talking to you and they're saying so-and-so is a pain in the ass. Right. And then in the same conversation, they'll tell you how yeah. their hemorrhoids, you know, <laughs> acts up. Or they say, you know, um, so-and-so is a pain in the neck. And they complain about having neck pain or a tweak in their neck. Right. right? Or I can't stomach that. And they're wondering why they're waking up every night and they have acid reflux. Right, right, right. Look, you go to a regular traditionally trained doctor, they put you on medication. They put you on what's referred to as a proton pump inhibitor to decrease the acidity of the body. And some people may need that. All I'm asking is for them to actually see, are there things in my life that mean I may not be able to stomach or I may not want to stomach that I could really reflect by a specific form of journaling that you could really start processing, metabolizing it. And I bet you that everything else will ease up instead of being on a purple pill for the rest of your life. Right. And then it has side effects because you need acidity for the, you know, for the whole gamut of things to get absorbed, such as B12. Now you get, you know, you get early dementia or you get uh, difficulty in remembering things because your B12 drops. Look, it's, everything is connected with everything. The book is a way for me to give back, to start a new conversation that, wow, no one really teaches us how to metabolize our emotions. You know, I like that. Um, and one thing that I noticed too is in a lot of these cleanse books, um, you know, there's a, a plan, there's a diet, there's a workout regimen. And then when you read self help books, you know, there's another different plan just for processing emotions. But your book has both there's a very, there's a physical plan and there's the emotional purging and, and processing. So, why is there, why, how do both work with the clarity cleanse? They're the same thing. So the cover of the book, it's what I really appreciate the most. Mm -hmm. The cover of the book is just an empty cup. And that really speaks volume. Instead of looking for the perfect tea that will do the trick or the perfect water at the right temperature, how hot it is, is it alkaline? It's really the cup. Mm -hmm. It's really the cup. It's really the mindset. Okay. For instance, today, our, our, we were supposed to start at two o'clock. The minute that I realized that I might be running a few minutes late, I reach out and I say, hey, Zach, here's what's reality. Will this work for you? Right? Right. So you create workability instead of worrying about it, instead of coming here. Now, if I hadn't called and that may have, I'm not saying it would have, but it may have offended you, the context of this conversation would have right. been different then, oh my God, he, what, is, what a great guy. He, yeah. he, you know, he let me know that he's going to be a few minutes late. He's respectful toward my time. That's the cup. That's the cup that we take you know, into everything. In the, there's a form of medicine that I practice. It's called anthroposophical medicine. 
one of the pillars of that way of practicing medicine is consciousness precedes content. So before we do the cleansing, before we do the exercising, before the diet, we need to have a mindset. And this is the first time that someone has brought scientifically sounded and researched mechanism and they superimposed it on psychological path of how to process, how to find out what these trigger points are inside, how to dig them out, you know, unconditionally, without judgment, looking at them, and then how to break them down, how to metabolize your emotions. You always start with catabolism. You break things down. Catabolism means you break things down, and then you anabolize it, and then you build up a new meaning, a new context. And we do this every single moment of our lives. And when we stop doing it, we get diarrhea, we get constipated, we crystallize them, we mm -hmm. stick them inside, we get hemorrhoids, we get colon, we get diverticulitis, we get diverticulosis. Listen, you name it. Mm -hmm. These emotions, if they pile up and if you, no one is teaching us how to empty out the cup, we get this organism of our emotion that will lead into psychosomatic illnesses and look around. We are very creative of coming up with names, right? right. Irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> now I can, now I can, you know, code and get paid by insurance. Well, yeah. how is that going to help my patient? Right. You know, this is a specific way of allowing patients to get in the driver's seat and realizing that those, you know, the old version, the old realm of dropping your body, just like treating your body like a car, dropping mm -hmm. it at the garage and picking it up at the end of the day, it's over. Right. Because you got to be involved in what's occurring for you. I think that's a scary concept for a lot of people, that they have the power in their own hands. And I think I found that so many people are reluctant because they don't want that responsibility or they don't want to be accountable for their own health. What would you say to those skeptics? Um, God bless you. I love you. Peace <laughs> be still. Look, it, I, I, you know, there are people that they actually think that earth is flat. I'm not going to waste my energy and I'm, because I, I can't, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm not going to subdue them into believing my point of view. And this is not for everybody. Right. My idea of writing the book was to democratize my own experience, my empirical findings for people that they have an open mind and they would like to expand their horizon to look inside. Look, you, do you realize that one in two people, one in two men are getting cancer? Between you and I, I've already been there. One in three women are getting cancer. That's look crazy. at the chronic, I mean, look at the chronic diseases. Look at diabetes. Look at, you know, autoimmune. Yeah, of course. And for these people that they're, you know, that they, they feel stuck. Yeah. They feel like, oh my God, is there something else out there? This is an opportunity that they can really participate, that they could show some interest, they could have intention, they could use your, their imagination. That's why the first part of the book, I talk about the imaginal realm, right? Mm -hmm. And the concrete realm, okay? It's what you can imagine, you can conquer, okay? You can get there. That's an ideal scene. And then you got to participate, and then you got to accept it. If people don't accept this way of being, then it's not going to work for them. Right. Because it requires commitment and trust. So how would you simply define the clarity cleanse? Um, 
clarity cleanse is a method, it's a scientific methodology for us to look inside to find out what are some of the unresolved emotions that could be contributing to our physical illness mm -hmm. or lack of physical health. And it shows us how to isolate them, how to look for them, how to pick them, and then how to process them in service of creating a new way of being, a new meaning that will uplift us instead of getting stuck in, in feeling um, of mind shaming ourselves and creating guilt and misunderstanding and misperception and, and just being negative and nasty and being dead. You know, being dead, being dried up, not having any joie de vivre and blaming it on everyone, everyone blaming it on my, our, my mother and my father and my brothers and this and that person and this lover and that teacher and God and this politician. It's like, wow, what is it like to wake the fuck up and actually realize that I can be a mature adult And it's my responsibility to find out what is my intelligence, why am I here, and what is the conversation, what are my gifts that I want to contribute in this very short glimpse of an experience that we call life. Mm -hmm. I like that. It really does help you find your purpose. That's you know, and it, it makes you answer that question. What am I here for? What am I doing? Why am I hosting this this show every week? And it's because I, it. I want to teach. I want to bring on these people and pick their brains and, and create a conversation that's going to help somebody else. Bingo. And you are part of that conversation. By you inviting me here, I might be just a tea, but you hold the cup. And I'm here to tell you that this tea brews differently depending on the cup that you hold. That's why I have so much respect for you. That's why I Thank drove you. all the way from Agora <laughs> Hills to be here. With all due respect, I mean that. I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, because this is it. Look, podcast is the future and you right. get it. You really get it because human beings, they keep multitasking. No yeah. one is going to sit down and watch TV or watch video. But everyone can listen to a podcast and get, even if they get an, uh, just a glimpse of a possibility, their lives could shift and change. There are people right now, Zach, that they're, look, I see them. I'm a family doctor. I mean, I'm not an Ivy League, you know, researcher. <laughs> I, the reason I didn't want to become a, you know, a, a, a neuro-ophthalmologist. Initially, I was to be trained as a neuro-ophthalmologist. But I didn't want to do that. I became a family doctor because I wanted to become you know, jack of all trade, master of none. I, you know, I see a two-year-old baby and my oldest is 99 years old, patients that I care for. So I love human being. I didn't write a book because I wanted to write a book. I wrote a book because this is a way to give back because I see people suffering. You know, people are depressed. People are losing their job. Families are falling apart. People don't have a purpose. People self-medicate, whether through sex or food or drugs of their choice. This is a way of saying that life is really beautiful and it's precious and it's a gift. And the way that we could create it is in the linguistic abstraction, is the way that we communicate with each other, that we create an aroma, an ocean that we get to swim in. Absolutely. But isolation You know, virtual friends, Facebook, this, I, I don't have anything against it. But 
It cannot be a substitute for the real thing. Those are empty calories. We can't survive on popcorns. Right. So you're also a contributor for Goop, and you've worked a lot with Gwyneth Paltrow. How did that come together? Because that, I like, I will be the first to admit, I love Goop. I read it religiously. I have the newsletter. But people look at me like I'm crazy sometimes because I think they really are creating a bigger conversation that I don't know if the mainstream community is ready for. So how did you get involved with Goop, and why do you choose to stay involved? with such a, a controversial brand. Yeah. Um, look, I, the type of person that I am is that I am curious. I'm interested. And whoever is doing anything that is out of ordinary, I love it mm -hmm. because I'm just curious. And if people are coming out and, you know, look, I, I wrote an article for Goop and it cost me over $25,000 because there are people that they kept attacking me. Yeah. And the, the article was really simple. Here's the article. The article was, could there be a link between wearing a bra and breast cancer? That's all. Mm -hmm. It was just, and it was very, you know, it was very scientifically looked at. It was just a question, right? And the very person who did the initial research after reading my article, he was so touched that he actually asked me to write the foreword to the book that was being published 20 year, the 20 year anniversary. It just got published. Wow. You know, it's that it's a different conversation. Is it comfortable to be part of, you know, part of the unfortunate majority? Yeah. Look, you, you know, it's you, you only get tackled, right? right. When you got the ball. If you don't have the ball, no one is going to look at you. No one is going to come after you. I like so, that. Yeah. I've never heard it explained that way. And I really, it's true. Unless you, you're the focus, then nobody's going to have their eyes on you. You're not doing anything worth grabbing their, their attention. At all. I love that. Real quickly to close out the show, I want to talk about uh, Love Button because that's your foundation. Tell tell my listeners what that is and why it's so important to you. Yeah, it it basically it saved my life, right? I mean, if, when I talk about it in the book, that um, when I was given this diagnosis, when everyone was saying, "Look, you got thirty percent chance of survival," it's difficult to go to sleep at night. You can't right. just roll over and just start snoring. You 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 know you wake up, you you question everything. You know, you get on your knees, you you know you connect with your own maker. And, you know, I, I, when I went back to medical school after the, uh, seeing the doctor and getting that news, my anatomy partner said something that changed my life. He said, he who hasn't loved hasn't known God yet, for God is love. That was it. So I used to write love on the inside of my palm every single day from that moment. And when they rolled me into surgery to have the testicle, the left testicle removed, that's what I wrote. That's what saved my life. And then after a while, it was just getting ridiculous. I, I would get a label, you know, I would get a little sticker, uh -huh. and then it turned into um, a, a, a button. And then one day, um, Chris Martin showed up, and he started wearing it, and it, you know, and just my God! And then it just opened up, and now he he passed out over. No, no one, most people don't know, but over six million love buttons were passed out by him. Whoever wow. went to his concert at Coldplay got a love button. That's awesome. You know, and it's and I'm really grateful. And he dedicated the song Everglow on the album. It says dedicated to Habib and Murdad. Oh. I'm Habib. Murdad is my brother who transitioned. I love that. You got to spread the love. That's what it takes. And the, and the motto is really pause and love. I love it. Uh, 
your book is on sale now. It's called The Clarity Cleanse, 12 Steps to Finding Renewed Energy, Spiritual Fulfillment, and Emotional Healing. I finished it this morning. It was so good. Thank you so much for coming on today. Where can people go to learn more about you and uh, and buy the book? Um, uh, thank you for hosting me. It's such a privilege to be here, to be with you. you. They can, about the book, it's beingclarity, beingclarity.com and uh, lovebutton.org. They can find out all the ways that they could participate uh, with the global movement of pausing and loving. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Don't forget to subscribe and listen every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the places. Don't forget to buy um, Dr. Sadahi's new book, The Clarity Cleanse. It's so good. Read his articles on Goop. Check out um, his foundation. I had such a lovely conversation with you. Thank you so much for coming in again. I can't wait to share this book with everybody else. It's such a good book, and it helped me really find clarity. Thank you, Zach. It's a privilege. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to Hashtag No Filter every Wednesday. Again, don't forget to buy the book. I can't stress it enough because it'll help you find clarity, focus, and find your purpose. So go and grab yourself a copy. Don't forget to follow me at Just Plain Zach. Um, I got to go. I got to go get my hair bleached a little more, and then I'll be back next week. So stay tuned. Bye.